0: Support for Kansas City Today comes from Grandma's Office Catering, delivering made-from-scratch hot meals and individual boxed lunches for fast distribution to offices, warehouses, and factories, even on nights and weekends. Details are at grandmascatering.com.
1: This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomi Nugia-Dean. Today is Thursday, January 26th. Coming up, one Kansas City apartment complex finally had its heat turned back on after a fire last week. But that's not the only issue with the building. But first, some headlines. Fewer patients with COVID-19, RSV, or influenza are filling Kansas City hospital beds as the triple-demic tapers off. KCUR's Noah Taborda reports. The three viruses left hospitals with little wiggle room to find space for those needing a bed during the fall and winter surge. Earlier this month, COVID-19 patients occupied about 10% of hospital beds in the metro area. Dana Hawkinson is an infectious disease expert with the University of Kansas Health System. He says case numbers have improved since mid-December.
0: We've been doing pretty good both as a nation, community, but also as a health system. And we were reporting our numbers. They were quite higher than we would really have seen uh, for quite some time. The
1: health system is keeping an eye on flu numbers as a second wave is possible over the next four to six weeks. About 40 candidates are vying for the 12 open Kansas City Council seats this year. KCUR's Salisa Kalakal reports they'll first have to get through the primary election on April 4th. The two candidates with the most votes in each race will move on to the general election on June 20th. Only one person is running against incumbent Mayor Quinton Lucas. Seven council members are running for re-election. Sean Kiefer of the Kansas City Election Board says residents should double check their voter registration before going to the polls.
0: If they recently moved, they need to probably come down here and change their address or they could go to the Secretary of State's website.
1: Voters will also weigh in on taxes for marijuana and short-term rentals. The last day to register to vote is March 8th. Democratic Kansas Governor Laura Kelly is calling for lawmakers to boost funding for special education services in schools. But she says she'll oppose policy changes pushed by conservatives. Lawmakers last year pursued a bill that would create more oversight over lessons and scrutiny of topics like race and sexuality. In the State of the State Address Tuesday, Kelly urged lawmakers not to advance those types of policies again.
2: I will resist politicians who want to score political points at the expense of our students and our families. Our students should not be used as political pawns.
1: Republicans argue parents should have more involvement when it comes to what students learn in public schools. Missouri lawmakers spent hours Tuesday evening listening to testimony on eight bills targeting the LGBTQ community, including three bills that bar transgender girls from participating in sports that align with their gender identity. Republican Representative Jamie Berger of Southeast Missouri sponsored one of the bills.
2: Fairness is what keeps us coming up in every conversation, and this law is ensuring that girls will not have to be concerned about getting to play their game fairly.
1: The Missouri State High School Activities Association and the NCAA already have guidelines on sports participation for transgender athletes. The LGBTQ community and allies have called bills limiting transgender girls' participation in sports discriminatory and unfairly targeting an extremely small number of people. We'll be back after this. You listen to Kansas City Today every day because we're your local, reliable news source. You take us seriously. But now it's time to have some fun. Join us at our annual benefit, Radioactive, on June 14th. NPR's All Things Considered host, Ari Shapiro, is the featured guest at this party, and it's going to be bumping. you got to be there. Sponsorship packages and ticket information are available at kcur.org radioactive. Last Friday, a fire at the Gladstone Court Apartments in Northeast Kansas City knocked out utility services. The city fire department said it wouldn't turn the gas back on until several dangerous code violations in the building were fixed. So residents were without heat until the gas was turned on Tuesday morning. But as KCUR reporters Savannah Holly Bates and Carlos Moreno discovered, the Gladstone Court apartments are still riddled with problems. They sat down with me to tell me what they found and why local housing advocates are calling on the building's landlords to change. What
0: condition are these apartments in right now? So the apartments look. Honestly, abandoned from the outside. They're a 48 unit complex. Only about 12 units are occupied currently, which leads to a lot of break ins. Um, There's broken windows that haven't been fixed. Some doors and windows are boarded up. The trash is piled up outside by a dumpster that doesn't seem to be picked up regularly. Um, Inside the units, a lot of them, um, especially the vacant ones, are falling apart. Um, Some of the occupied ones, um, one tenant, noted that all of his appliances didn't work. Um, so sort of a, a dismal living situation. What do tenants say about their homes
1: and their relationship with the landlords?
2: Yeah, yeah as Savannah said, they're, they're, their homes are in general disrepair. They're cold, they're they're dark, and, and, and they struggled keeping their appliances turned on. They, they say they have rarely, if ever, have seen the the owners of the apartment complex on the grounds. They've seen people from the property management show up occasionally, but they've made complaints, they've made calls, they've written letters, and rarely, they say, have seen the owners of the property on site. Taylor Zink is, is the woman who owns a house behind the apartment complex, and she says that there are many critters and animal, other animals that come from the apartment complex whenever there's a fire, and she said there are many fires.
1: Um, I have to pay an exterminator to deal with rats and mice, like giant rats, that come over after any time that there's a fire in the vacant buildings that people have broken into. Um, and he says he cares about these buildings, but like, where, where's the response every time there's a fire? So who are the owners, and what do they say about the condition of their properties?
2: The owners is a group called FTW Investments, and there's three principals in, in the group. It's Parker Webb, Logan Freeman, and Corey Tuck, and, and they run this company called FTW Investments, and they own many properties around town. This one is is very run down. It's in, it's in poor condition, and even neighbors behind it and around to complain about the conditions, about vagrants and, and other people who come in and out of the apartments, sometimes starting fires sometimes throwing trash out the windows. And and many of the residents and people who live around the apartment complex complain frequently to the city uh, about the conditions there. I met briefly with one of the owners, Parker Webb, and he told me that one of their primary goals is to offer safe and affordable and dignified housing to their residents.
1: More than anything else, we want people to have clean, safe, dignified housing. And, you know, this weekend is obviously... You
2: know, not a great look for that. We did offer hotels to every single person who
1: wanted a hotel. Some people chose to stay.
2: But their mission statement on FTW's site says, our primary focus is the protection and preservation of our investors' wealth, then outside growth. We are investing in deals that we would do ourselves without investors. So you can see there's an obvious uh, disparity between what they're saying and what they say on their website.
0: Why are housing advocates criticizing the owners? Yeah, so housing advocates are criticizing the owners for many reasons, primarily just the state of the apartments. Like we talked about, they're they're kind of in disrepair. And um, Casey Tenants got involved with the situation Saturday after the residents had been without heat for nearly 24 hours. Um, Sophia B. is a resident there who had been translating um, for many of the refugee and immigrant families that lived there. Um, and Casey Tenants is concerned that um, the issues with the apartment beyond the fires will not get fixed um, without accountability. Parker Webb and Logan Freeman, two of the principal owners of FTW Investments, also are on the board of Restart, which is a homeless advocacy organization. And Casey Tenants is currently circulating a petition calling for Parker and Logan's resignation from the board of Restart um, because they believe that landlords who are running apartments that are already in disrepair um, shouldn't be on the board of a housing advocacy nonprofit. So how common is it for apartments
1: to be in poor condition in Kansas City?
2: This sadly is, is a very common condition for many mid-sized and small apartment complexes, especially some of the older historic buildings in the northeast and the east side of the city. Uh, many of these buildings, are, are they're over 100 years old or right at 100 years old, and they rarely get the upkeep and the maintenance that they need. Many of the owners are from out of state or out of the city. Uh, some, as we've seen here today, are, are local owners, and they do not provide the, uh, the necessary upkeep c- to keep these buildings, which are, are, are a struggle to keep up. They're, they're expensive buildings to maintain, but many of these landlords um, let them fall into disrepair and the people continue to live there.
1: That was KCUR's Savannah Holly Bates and Carlos Moreno. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomi Nuji Dean. This podcast is produced by Trevor Grandin, Byron Love, and KCUR Studios. It's edited by Lisa Rodriguez and Gabe Rosenberg. To read Savannah and Carlos's reporting on the Gladstone Court Apartments, visit kcur.org where you can find more coverage of housing and other local news from Kansas City's NPR station. Tomorrow, we'll hear what the Jackson County Historical Society is doing with hundreds of newly discovered photo negatives from the last century. Thanks for listening and I'll see you soon.